Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. 2 Timothy 4.3, please. And uh, I want to read this scripture, and I'm going to tell you what I'm, going to, I'm teaching about, but then there's a few things that I want to say before I get started. I feel like tonight, today when I got into this, you know, I started preparing my notes, final pre- preparation of my notes, and uh, the Lord laid some things on my heart that I think I'm supposed to say before you hear this, okay? So just bear with me. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Ooh, that filthy word, doctrine. Amen. Nobody wants to hear about doctrine. But after their own lust shall heap to themselves. Say heap. That's a big pile. That's a big pile of teachers. <laughs> so they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now, this not didn't mean the teachers have itching ears. Amen. That means the people that heap to themselves teachers have itching ears, meaning they want to hear something that they want to hear. They want to hear something that's pleasing to them. Amen. And I want to speak to you for just a little while on the doctrine of sin. The doctrine of sin. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the anointing, Lord, that breaks the yoke off of us, God. And Lord, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that you would anoint each and every person, Lord. You anoint the ears and the eyes and the ears and the hearts, Lord, that they may receive this word. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint the words as it goes forth, Lord, and to make it part of us, Lord, and to change us tonight in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now. Getting into this a little bit, I got to say, before we get started, I'm going to jump through a lot of scriptures, and you should probably get out a pen and just start writing them down, and go back and later, because I'm not going to wait really, it's, you know, I got a lot to get through tonight, and I really feel like this, this is needed for our body, amen, somebody say amen. Ezra 7.10 says, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord, or the law of the Lord, that is. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. How many knows that's the word? Amen. And to do it, say do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Now, it says here he prepared his heart to first seek it for himself and so that he may be able to teach it and then to do it. Okay, so he's going he's gonna to seek it. He's going to find it. He's going to study it. Then he's going to do it. Then he's going to teach it. Somebody say amen. How many knows that's ministry right there? That is finding it for yourself, seeking it for yourself, learning to do it, amen, learning to do it. Somebody say do it. And then being able to teach it to somebody else. That's ministry, right? Too many times we get caught up in one area of this, you know, we have trouble seeking. Then we have trouble doing. Amen. How many knows we got to seek it? We got to do it. Then we got to teach it. Whenever I was in college, I was in nursing school. And whenever we learned a procedure, they would say, the best way to learn is to watch one, do one, then teach one. Okay? So you're going to learn it from all different angles. Somebody say amen. But it seems like in today's church, there's so many gray areas. Okay? There's so many people who aren't really sure of anything. 
You know, there's you get you get in discussion with somebody, and you and you you're back and forth, and well, it might be this, it might be that. With all that's happening around us, we need some people. Okay, we need some people that's going to prepare their hearts to seek the law of the Lord Amen. and to teach His statutes and judgments. Amen. As things continue to get worse around us, you and I are going to become a hot commodity. I'm sorry. The, the truth of the word of God has begun. It's going to become a hot commodity as these days go forward. Somebody say amen. But please understand, we need to prepare our hearts, seek the Lord. I say, it seems like I say this every time I'm up here, prepare our hearts to seek the Lord. And then we need to be prepared to receive it. We need to, and then we will change the way we think and lead us into a shift in the paradigm in our lives. Okay. What does that mean? That means that once you learn it, Okay, and you receive it, okay, and you allow it to begin to change you, you're gonna shift the gear. Anybody ever driven an old standard car? Amen. Amen. I love I love shifting gears, okay? I put my, my wife has her car, it has like the little uh, you can put it in where you can shift gears, you know, and she'll just shake her head. Like such a little boy sometimes, you know. I just love to rev that engine up and shift the gears, but how many knows that? You could put it in first gear, Brother Smith, and you could take off up the on-ramp, and you can wind it out. But when it comes time to shift gears, you got to shift gears, <laughs> right? Some, there's so many people who have gone as far as they can go in the gear they're in. Somebody, somebody give me an amen. So it's, it's time that we start to let this word begin to change us. We begin to get the whole, we, get, we, we seek it, we get a hold of it, we allow it to begin to change us, amen. Then we can shift the gear and to do onto something bigger and better. Somebody say amen. First Thessalonians 2.13 says, For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which ye heard of us, you received it not as the words of men, okay, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now, how many knows that it says, which, you effect, which effectually worketh also in you, in, the, in you that believe? How many knows that when pastor is up here preaching, these are the, it's not his words, amen, it's the word of God. And when you receive it as such, when you start to esteem it and revere it and reverence it as such, it's going to do some things for you. But if you get up there and you start to, th you're just looking at it like some guy got a lesson together and he's going to teach me a little bit about something, you know, whatever. You just try to grasp it with your, with your natural mind. Receive it as the word of God, which it is. Somebody say amen. It says, but we have to begin to understand what we hold in our hands. So everybody pick it up. Pick it up and hold it right here. Do you guys know... Do you understand that God wrote a book? Do you know he's the best-selling author? You know that he's wrote the most critically acclaimed work of literature or history ever written? They've been trying to debunk this thing since the beginning of time, and they can't make a dent. Every time they go a little bit further, further in science to try and debunk it, they end up proving it more. There was a there was a word a few years ago where they said there's no there's no proof that uh, the, that the whole uh, scene with Pilate Jesus and Pilate there's no no uh, no proof of Pilate ever existing and then they found an inscription on a building in an archaeological dig Pontius Pilate uh, tetrarch or whatever governor it was, it was just it's just hilarious the way that God he he has he wrote this book. And he's preserved it through the years. What we hold right now, if you hold the King James Bible, and you know, we can argue about translations all you want, but the King James comes from the, 
the Textus Receptus. We've been over this a few times. And it, it, it is the word. You can get back to the Greek. You can get back to the Hebrew. And you can get the very words that, that God breathed out. Okay. Do we understand that we have this in our hands? Do we, do we really understand that God, Almighty Creator God, wrote a book and we have it in our hands. We have his wisdom in our hands. Do we really understand that? We need to get to a place where we start to understand what we're holding when we hold the word of God. What, we, what treasure that we have when we can sit and open it and begin to read and begin to study and begin to let the Holy Spirit reveal what treasure that we have. Do we understand? And even though I'm a fallible person. And I'm prone to mistakes, but if I come up here and I get under the anointing of the Lord and I proclaim what's in the word of God, I proclaim the doctrine of Christ. How many knows that it doesn't matter what's wrong with me or in the past or present, that, that God is, I could say, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Thus we can have prophetic, we can have prophetic utterance every time we're together. Amen. If we esteem the word in its rightful place. We can truly experience what Apostle Paul called in Romans 12, the renewing of our minds. I thought Brother Smith was going to preach my message when we were in prayer downstairs. He started to read these words. We can renew our minds to the place that we can receive true revelation straight from God. And the experience, the true power of God... Working effectually in our lives. How many want to feel and see the power of God working effectually in your life? How many want to see some results? That, amen. Effectually means it's, it's, it's causing something. Okay? If I, if I go out and I, I put, like Luke works for me. If I go out and I put him on something and he's working, it's not going to be long. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be able to see what he's done. Amen? Because his work is effectual. Meaning that we can see what's going on. We can see things being accomplished. Somebody say amen. amen. Isaiah 28, 9 through 10. Uh, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make understand? Oh, the word. Uh, doctrine. Whoo. People hate that word, doctrine. Them that are weaned from the milk. Let me read that for you again. Let's... let's I want you to pay attention. Everybody look at me. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Okay, we say we want knowledge. We want it. We need it. Okay. Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Who? Okay. Amen. Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Elbow your neighbor and say, get off the bottle. It's time to get off the bottle. Amen. It's time for us to start to get a little bit of meat. Somebody say amen. And then it goes on to say, for precept upon precept. We've read this so many times. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That's how he's going to teach us knowledge. That's how he's going to teach us doctrine. Once we are weaned from the milk. Somebody say amen. What we need to accomplish in our lives together is building these layer truths. Every time we're together, we can't discuss the same things. And if the Lord is giving pastor the same things to tell us over and over and over, there's a reason for that. There was a story, Brother Smith, a few years ago. You'll like this, Trent. A few years ago, or a few, uh, a few years ago there was this guy who came to this church. 
And he was a new preacher. He came in and he preached the same message 10 weeks in a row. And the deacons got together and they're like, I don't know who this guy is. Doesn't he know any other scriptures? Doesn't he know what, you know, what, what is the deal? So uh, I think we had to go see the, the bishop. I think we had to go see the, the higher up, see about getting us a new guy. So they go and they see this, they see the, the bishop and the bishop sits down and he's like, hmm. So what's going on there? Like he's teach, he's preached the same message for 10 weeks in a row. And he said, okay, what's the message? And the one guy said, well, it was, I believe it was about forgiveness, wasn't it? And the other guy said, no, no, no. No, it was about the, it's a prodigal son and blah, blah. He said, well, I think you didn't let him preach it at least one more time. <laughs> right? That's a time joke. It takes a little time to get, you know, once it kicks in and yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So it's a pretty good joke. Okay. Trent and I, we like jokes, right? So I thought he'd get kicked out of that. Okay. But we need to, but when we la- build these layered truths, okay, we can get to a place where we're not, we're, we go from wondering about the scripture and pondering to knowing what we believe and exactly why we believe it. Now, if you can get to that point, how many knows you have some power in your life? You have some stability in your life. How many knows when you know the scripture, you got something to lean on? Something that nobody can take from you? Something no matter what the problem is going on in your life, you're going to have that to lean on. Somebody say amen. Folks that refuse to understand this and they refuse to attempt some growth or to get a hold of it, they only experience destruction or deception or frustration Okay, and ultimately, you know, they're going to die spiritually if they don't get a hold of what I'm talking about right now. I believe it's time, guys. It, it really is time. It's time in our lives where we start to reach for a little more. Okay, somebody say amen. So when we approach, so when we approach this topic like sin, okay, you quickly encounter people's preconceived notions, okay, um, as well as like big falsehoods and doctrine that they have been taught, you know. You, you, it doesn't take long. You listen to them talk a little bit, and they, they, they pretty much tell them what they, they tell them themselves, right? They tell what they believe by the way they speak. Um, and this always leads them to being in one of two ditches, okay? You ever heard the, 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 the story there's a ditch on both sides of the road, okay? And to stay on the road, you got to stay between the ditches? Well, with sin, you can go one of two ways. You can say, uh... Uh, you can do anything you want, you know, either you think you can live however you want or walk around. And this is this, I mean, one's not better than the other. I mean, there's a lot of uh, liberal preaching where this hyper grace stuff, where it doesn't matter what you do, you know, God's already forgiven you for sins, past, present, and future. And, and no matter what you do, you're, and I heard a, a guy, a guy preaching one time, he said he heard a lady give a testimony in service that she was glad that when she sinned, that God only saw Jesus. You know, these are the ideas that folks have. But then there's the other way, and this in, in our in our uh, in our churches in our um, assemblies, this is more what we experience: is they walk around with such self condemnation. Okay, they have a view of sin, and the, because they don't understand, then they walk around with sub, such, such self condemnation. That they can't ever see themselves 
being useful for the Lord. They can't ever get past who they were or what they've been through or what they're struggling with to see themselves in a useful light to the Lord. Okay? One's worse. One's not any better than the other, folks. You know, we can, we can talk all we want about the folks preaching, you know, hyper grace and all that, but we got to get over our condemnation, okay? If we've put it in front of the Lord and we've, we've laid it on the altar, folks, we need to get up from there and leave it there. We've all got a past. There's nobody in here that doesn't have a past. Somebody say amen. But a lot of it is in our attitude and how we approach, okay? When... When we come to this service, when we come, I've said this before, that we're not here for us, okay? We are here for the lost, okay? We're here for the guy that comes through the door that needs what we have or what we say we have, okay? That's why we're here, okay? And if we, you can't do enough on your own through the week to stay saved, and you need to come to church every time just to stay saved, then you need to reexamine what it is that you're doing in your life. Really, you really need, because when we come together in this, in this place, it's for spiritual battle, okay? We're coming here for souls, okay? We're not coming here to pat each other on the back and sing and, and cheer, lead cheerleads and all that. This is life or death for somebody. Yes, somebody say amen. amen. So we have to believe and understand that the word of God, when coupled with the Holy Ghost, it has the answers to all things. Okay, we can, find, we can find the answers to our lives in the word of God. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer thee. Just call. All you got to do is call. Okay. He said it today. Ask and you knock and it's going to be open. Ask and you, you shall be given you. Amen. All you got to do is call and I'll answer. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. I want to show you great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. You know, there's some things that you don't know. Do you believe, you know that? Trent knows a lot of stuff, but there's some things he doesn't know. Okay. My mom, she knows a lot of stuff. There's some things, so she, Brother Smith, been serving the Lord a long time. Some things you don't know. Okay. I love you, bro, but there's some things that you don't have hey, that rhymes. I love you, bro, but there's some things you don't know. Okay. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, <laughs> but we got to seek and we got to study. And every time we go to the word of the Lord, it should be with a heart to learn something new. Don't just pull open your Bible in the morning and skim through a couple. Oh, I did my reading for the day. You got to reach. Okay. You got to dig. You got to want to know. Okay. If you go to, you know, how, you remember the guys in school, you could tell who wanted to learn by where they sat. And the guys that didn't really care, yeah, in the back, huh? And drools on there, yeah. And then there's the guy in the front. You know, he's on it. Okay? I can... It's all about attitude. <laughs> but I'm reaching for something deeper. And if I find something that conflicts with me, it's me that needs to change. Okay, that's not, you don't still, oh, I don't want to read that. Oh, put that away for, you know, it's me. He's showing you that for a reason. It's me. If I find something in there that conflicts with something that's in my, it's me that needs the changing. Somebody say amen. 
1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even fathom what he has for us. Do you know, we, sister, he can't even, you, you can't even fathom the peace that he has for your life. You, you, can't, you can't even fathom it, right? We, we can't even, the depths that he wants to lead you to and the things that he wants to show you, he can't even fathom. We can't even understand the depths that there are in the Lord. He said, we can't even, we, it says, uh, the things of God prepared for them, love them, but God hath revealed them. Somebody say amen. He's revealed them unto us by the spirit. Amen. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Okay. The spirit's not interested in surface stuff. Not for very long. If you care at all about finding God and digging into the word, you'll learn truth. Amen. If you, if you keep a pure heart toward him and you're reaching toward him every time you open the word, every time you kneel down, you're going to find truth and you're going to find it fast. Amen. He's going to grow you. You can tell people who are, who are studying because they're growing. They're growing all the time. They're growing all the time. Yeah. There's fertilizer being thrown on them. You know, they're growing like weeds. Amen. Remember that old saying? Boy, you're growing like a weed. I guess that was a good thing. Of course, I didn't get that very much. I was always pretty little. <laughs> but he'll reveal things to you. And the things he reveals, he'll confirm in the word. Okay? Now. Sin. Let's get to our topic. All that to say this. Okay. We just read that. It says they won't endure sound doctrine because of their lust. They heap teachers. They have itching ears because they want to hear something pleasant. Okay. Uh, lack of sound doctrine has destroyed a lot of believers. It's destroyed a lot of churches. It's destroyed our nation. Amen. You can look around. You don't have to look far. It's destroyed. Lack of sound doctrine has destroyed our nation. Doctrine of sin is just a classic example. And when we get into this stuff, you're, some of this stuff you're going to go, hmm, I never really looked at it that way. Because that's exactly what I did when I started studying this. Luke, John 1, 8, 1 John 1, 8 says, if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. What's that saying? I'm going to go fast here because I got a lot to cover, okay? says we are fall uh, so what's this saying it said that we're fallen in our very nature okay we were born to sins of adam okay therefore because of that we are born sinful and in need of a savior so everybody not understand that i mean there's little babies and you're, you're holding them and they're so i got grandkids man i love those kids okay but man they're and they're not very old but you can see the selfish nature that's already at work in that little angelic creature Okay, I heard one guy preaching like this, and he said he called his little boy a, a viper in a diaper. <laughs> I was like, wow, ee. I'm not going to call my grandkids that, you know, or my kids, you know, for that matter. But we all need, we all understand that that nobody has to teach the kid to be selfish. Okay, one of the first words they learned is mine or no, right? And my little, my, my little grandson, Alex, man, it, it's it crazy. He'll be in a great mood, walking around, playing, singing, you know, calling me Papa, you know, we're playing. And then when he starts to get tired, he starts, you know, it completely changes, you know. The whole, his whole visage changes. And he'll start going around the room, one thing or another, just destroying, just trying to break stuff. And we can always see it coming, can't we? But you got to understand, you don't have to teach the kid. To be, you don't have to teach selfishness. You don't have to teach a kid to lie. 
You don't have to teach. They're born, it's born right in them, okay? So our sinful nature right from birth, it's going to always remain. It's always going to be there. It's like a monkey on our back. Paul said, it's like, what do I, um, how do I escape the body of this death? What is he saying? He's like, this body, I can't stand. What I want to do, I can't do. And what I don't want to do, that's what I do. He's saying the sin works in me. But in Christ, we can be redeemed. Somebody say amen. All right. Amen. Romans 5.19 says, for as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, which is Jesus, shall many be made righteous. That's pretty simple, right? Amen. So we understand that we need a Savior. We're born sinners. I don't care if you lived in a, a tower and you never did anything to anybody and you kept the, you know, you need a Savior still, right? doesn't matter how good a life you lived, okay? My wife, she's been a pretty much an angel her whole life, you know, to hear her parents and everybody tell it, but she's a sinner too. <laughs> She's shaking her head. She's like, you dirty dog. <laughs> no, she's a pretty, she's a really good person. Okay. Really kind, really liked by everybody. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how we see our, or how we see ourselves or how others see us. Okay. We need a savior. Somebody say, amen. I'm sorry, T. I was just kidding. I'm sorry, T. Mm. You hear a lot of folks say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Okay, that's true. However, there's a big difference between being a sinner and being a sinner that's saved. Somebody say amen. Okay. While we are all sinful in our nature, we are not all sinners. Okay. We're not. And I'm going to show you here in a minute. But sinner is someone who breaks the law of the Lord on a regular basis. Right? Knows right from wrong, but does wrong. Right? That's a sinner. Okay. So an act of sin is a transgression of the law. John, First uh, John 3, 4. Whosoever committeth uh, sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Right. Okay. So sin requires two things. You have to know something's wrong. And you have to consent to do that which you know is wrong. Simple enough. Right. All right. But you, this is, this is something that you've chosen to do you understand what you're doing that's sin okay james 1 14 and 15 says but every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and enticed then when lust hath conceived and that's lust for anything don't just think one way it's it's you can your your soul can lust after a lot of things cause you to do a lot of things okay when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin Okay, and the sin, when it is finished, if it gets finished, it's going to bring forth death. Okay, now, so we see a stair step here. Okay, we see you're tempted by something that you lust after. Okay, so there is something put before your eyes that you desire to have. Okay, or you desire to do, you desire to experience, you desire to taste, touch, whatever. Okay, now. Now that's not, you haven't sinned yet. Okay. We all have a lot. We all have a sinful flesh. We all have, if you don't, if you, if you're not in prayer about your, you know, you shouldn't spend all your time repenting, hopefully, but it should be walking. We should be walking in repentance, right? We understand man. And, the, and as you go, and if you're open to the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord will show you things 
before you ever even really think about it. I mean, he'll show you things before you even really know that you want it. You know, he'll show you, oh, you just don't feel kind of right about this or that. Somebody say amen. So we got to understand that there's a procession to this. There's, you know, you, you, you're tempted by something that you're lusting after, okay? And then that, when that lust conceived, if you let it conceive, okay, this, it moves from being a desire or being a uh, temptation to being an innermost desire, and you start contemplating doing it. Okay, so you're birthing this thing in your own soul. Like this sin has been birthed inside you. you you've conce- it's conceived, okay, your own lust is there. The desire or the thing comes before your eyes. The desire rises and it conceives in your soul or in your own, in your own spirit, in your own soul, right? And then if you do it, it bringeth forth sin. You, you've done it. You've committed it. Okay, you've broken the law. Okay, now Jesus said, once you conceive it, you've broken the law. Remember that? So you conceive it, you, you, you bring forth sin, and then if it's allowed to carry through, if you don't catch yourself and hit your knees, okay, sooner or later, it's going to kill you. Okay, whether spiritually, physically, and I believe there's a physical component to every sin. And, and you know, we can, we can debate that another time. But, that, you know, there, I believe some of the physical problems I had in my body was a was a was a manifestation of struggles that I was having within. I have no doubt about that. Okay, so you know we can talk and we can talk about that another time. But understand that this is the process. Okay. Now this is an area of deep deception. So what I want to say about that is, okay, remember Romans three twenty three, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Sin in the Greek it's Hamater, Hamar Tano, 264, it means to miss the mark. That's the number one, uh, the number one definition, okay? Now, it's to err, to be mistaken, to wander from the path, uh, to do or go wrong way, to violate the law of God. You know, all that's there, but it mainly means to miss the mark. Now, what does that mean? So, we understand that we know what sin is, but now we have to establish what the mark is. So we understand that sin is missing the mark. What's the mark? Okay. If uh, Luke likes to shoot bows, if him and his dad or him and Hannah or whoever he's shooting with, they're out there shooting and they're having a contest. Okay. And Luke pulls back his bow and he shoots and nails a bullseye. And then uh, Hannah comes out and what are you doing over shooting? So she grabs it and shoots at a different target. She said, hey, I wish that my target's way far away. Okay. We weren't shooting at the same target, all right? So understand that we have, we have to see where the mark is, right? To know how close we're getting to it, correct? Somebody say amen. So that's what's debatable here, that the mark. That's what we got to establish. Now, we talked about the two ditches, okay? Our mark is in the middle, you know? My dad was teaching me to drive, you know, keep it out, you know, keep it between the lines. My mom says, you're getting on the line, you're on the line, you're on the line. Yeah, yeah. Some of this problem that we're going to see right here comes with, there's some teaching by a man named John Calvin, and I'm not going to talk about denominations or anything like that, but in John Calvin's own work, Institutes, Volume 1, page 603, he says this, We, on the other hand, deem it sin when man is tickled by any desire at all against the law of God. 
Okay. Hmm. Anybody ever felt a tickle? I feel pretty good tickles every day to sin, right? There's things all around you, right? Let's go on. So according to that, we sin with the slightest temptation. It doesn't even have to be a flutter through our mind. We're already, this is a John Calvin, this is a sin. It says, indeed, we label sin that very depravity that besets, begets in us the desires of this sort. So he's saying having the sinful nature in itself is a sin. Okay, let's go on. It says, it follows from the principle that the law condemns all want of conformity to the nature of God. That it condemn that it can uh, that it condemns evil dispositions or habits as well as all voluntary sins, whether deliberate or impulsive. Okay, take a minute. And I've heard him say, and I've said in many different writings, that we sin in every minute, or we sin in thought, word, or deed every minute. I'm going to tell you why there's a problem with that. So it appears to me, now I'll get to, to this other part, but it appears to me that they make the mark so high that there's no way you're ever going to hit it. So just be sinful and, and repent. You know, just be sinful and accept the grace of God. That's what they're saying. You cannot be good. Now, if this is true, okay, then what John, John wrote in 1 John 2, 1 is absolutely meaningless. Okay, my little children, I write unto you that you sin not. Okay, so what, what, what do we do with this? All right, now, there's two problems here. If this is true, there's no such thing as freedom from sin or deliverance from sin. And I can tell you right now that I'm walking, talking proof that there's deliverance from sin. Now, I'm not free from sin. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying no, not for one second am I free. Okay, and the work's continuing. But how many knows that we're not, we might not be what we're, where we're going to be or what we're supposed to be, but we're not what we was. Amen. Amen. I'm not, pastor said, I'm not the basket case I was, right? We've come a long, you know, the old, you've come a long way, baby. You know? I mean, look back. Think about it. Think about it. Just, you're struggling. You know, in times of struggle. Think, just. Turn around and look back and look at what you've been through, okay? Look where you are and take heart in that, okay? Not every day is going to be, what do you say? Not every day is going to be rainbows and unicorns, okay? Lollipops and, you know, pixie sticks or whatever it is that you like. I don't know. But not every day is going to be easy, right? But in those days, we can, we can assess things and we can say, look, I'm, I'm struggling now with this, but look where I was, amen? I don't have a gun in my mouth anymore. Hallelujah. Yeah. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not in the same asylum. Okay. I'm not in the hospital. I'm not, I'm not ready to take my own life. I'm not, I'm not in the drug den. I'm not in jail anymore. I'm not, I'm not doing what I was doing. I am, I'm, I'm doing better. Okay. Hallelujah. Also, if this is true, then it's impossible for anyone to preach against sin. Why even have a message against sin if there's nothing you can do about it? 
Somebody say amen. So, too many times you hear people, and, and, and this is a, this, and if this is true, this is a valid argument, okay? If you've had a discussion, you know, with anybody about anything, and they say, you're not perfect, you're a sinner too, but you can't tell me what I'm doing is wrong, you know? I'm a pretty good person. I love God, okay? You can't, and if this is true, they have an argument, Right? I was talking to Trent and I were having a conversation the other night and uh, people were, and we were talking about, you know, the hot button of the topic of the day, you know, homosexuality. And there's so many people that have an issue with speaking about it because there's so many people that they care about, you know, and that's tough. It's a struggle. It is. I'm, I'm not saying it's not a struggle. Okay. But I told him, I said, you know, if those people were walking along the street, and they, if you're walking along the street and you see a house on fire and it's nighttime and you can tell everybody's in bed, are you just going to leave them in there because they're comfortable? Right. You're going to go in there, wake them up and try to save their life, right? So why would you want to leave someone that you love in a place where, where they, cannot, they cannot find redemption? Why would you want to leave them there? Now, it, is it because you care so much you don't want to hurt your feelings? No, think again. You, you don't want to face the backlash. You don't, want to pay, you don't want to face being the guy, you know, that says, thus saith the Lord. You don't want to be that guy. So what, what it is, it's not got anything to do with them. It's your own selfishness wanting to hide. And you can say, oh, you, we, can, we can talk about it all we want. But that's where it comes down to, okay? So you got to understand but he, we were talking about that, and I said, it's tough. I said, you know, I talked to somebody about this one time. And you know what I said? I said, okay, let's not talk about your sin. Let's talk about mine. Okay? Let's talk about my sin. Okay? I, I was a fornicator. I wasn't born to be a fornicator. I was a fornicator because I fornicated. And therefore, I needed a remedy in my life. For my fornication, okay? People that are in prison are murderers, not because they were born to be murderers, but because they murdered, okay? So we got to understand, you know, you have these issues. You have these problems. I'm not condemning or, or condemning you to, to a devil's hell or anything, but you got to understand, you got to come to grips with your problems, just like I had to come to grips with my problems. And we all got to go through the same door. We all got to go through the same blood. We all got to go through the same channels to get to heaven. We all got to stay on the straight and narrow road. And no matter what you're, it doesn't matter if, if the society is condoning your sin a little more than they condone mine. Okay. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about this. You don't want to talk about your sin. Let's talk about my sin. Okay. Let's understand where we're coming from here. So if what Jack called, uh, if, if, so if Calvinism, it doesn't draw a distinction between impulsive sins or, um, your fallen nature mistakes, you know, you hit your thumb with a hammer and you say, ah, beep, beep, you know, whatever, or or committing an abomination to God. They don't distinguish between any of those, either of those sins. So we need to, we need to construct from the word of God what the mark is. Okay, and we're going to do it. Y'all ready? God doesn't have a problem with your humanity. Okay? He doesn't have a problem with the fact that he, know, he created you. 
okay? He knows your sin inside and out, whether you confess it or not, okay? He knows my sin inside and out, whether I confess it or not. So understand, he gave us free will, okay? And he understands all temptation, and he's not angry or doesn't hold it against you because you're human. Somebody say amen. However, what he does have a problem with is when we set our will against his will, okay? When we hear something that we know to be true and we don't, we do the opposite, okay? We set our will. We, we can sit in our spirit, in our will, and in that moment, we become, what's that, rebellion? What's it as a sin of witchcraft? Okay, right then, you're a witch in the eyes of God. You're abominable when you rebel. When you have that rebellion, that seed in your, in your heart, you are, stand before him, you might as well be casting spells and, and going to black masses and, and doing all that. You might as well do that if you're going to be rebellious. Okay, that's the word of God, okay? I'm not, that's just what it says, okay? Amen. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all, all, all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, on these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. So what's the mark? Love. Love is the mark. Okay, I'm going to explain it here. Now. So how you treat God is governed by the law of love or governed by your law of love for him. How you revere his commandments, how you revere what he's placed in your life, that how you treat those things is governed by your love for him. Jesus said, why sayest you love me, but keepeth not my commandments, okay? So we can throw all these, all the stuff where the, you know, you can do whatever you want and everything's forgiven and all that. You can throw that right out the window, okay? Because Jesus said it himself, okay? Love is the mark, okay? Now, how you treat your neighbor is governed by the law of love, okay? Do unto the, him as you would have him do unto you, okay? Not too hard, is it, right? And the Holy Spirit, so you know these two things, and then you're going to go through the Word of God trying to incorporate what's in there into your life in light of those two principles. You're going to love God with all your heart, and however you treat the law of God is how you treat, is, is governed by your love for God, okay? And how you treat your neighbor, how you treat the people around you is governed by your love for them, okay? So you can justify or rationalize or whatever, anything you want, but you're going to, if, if you... If, you, if you're truthful with yourself, you've got to come down to these two things right here. You could say, well, uh, but this guy did this and this did that. And I, back in when I, you know, this happened to me back then. So I, I'm really angry to God, about, right, really angry toward God, blah, blah, blah. You know, I understand all that. But at some point, you're going to have to come to grips with those things. You're going to have to face them. You're going to have to seek forgiveness for them. You're going to have to try and fix somehow what's, what's, been, what's harmed you or whatever. Heal that wound so you, can get the, your, so you can get that out of the way of your love for God or you're going to go to hell. Period. There's no other way to say it. And I'm sorry if I'm being blunt, okay? Because a lot of people have been, I mean, I don't want to use the phrase dealt a bad hand, you know, because, you know, but... It, They've been dealt a bad hand. I mean, what they drew, what they drew out of the deck, or what they drew out of the out of life, was was bad. 
Okay, there's people that have faced and, and, and faced things before they were 10 years old more than I faced my whole life. Okay, there's just, that's just how, you know, we, we don't know. We can't, we can't, we don't know all the reasons. We can't see behind everything. We can't see through all the curtains, okay? But we understand that their love for God is governed right here. The same way it's governed for me. Somebody say amen. Now, the law of love has always been the mark, okay? In the Old Testament, okay, people talk about, well, they were saved by the law. No, they weren't saved by the law. They were saved by their faith that God gave them a way to wash their, cover their sins. So their faith was in God, okay? It, their faith was in the, the priest doing those sacrifices because God said that will cover your sin. Looking forward to the day that Messiah would come, okay, and fix it for good, right? But it was still, they were saved by faith, by grace through faith in the, in the light of those ceremonies, okay? Now, Micah 6.8 says, he that show thee, who, he that shewed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly before thy God. Okay? So, in the Old Testament, the mark is the same thing. It's the love of God, and it's the love of your neighbor. Okay? You're going you're gonna, to uh, do justly. You're not going to harm anybody by being unjust to them. You're going to love mercy. You need mercy, but you're going to give mercy. Hey, man, I hit my knees, man. I say, God, let me be merciful, Lord, because I need mercy. Hey, man, I need mercy in my life. Let me be merciful to those around me. Let me be, let me be understanding and be merciful because I know that I need your mercy, Lord. I need forgiveness, Lord. Let me be forgiving. That's walking justly and loving mercy, right? And to walk humbly before the Lord, Okay. How many knows that we need him every day and we need to realize that we need him every day. And that's always been the mark. Okay. The love has always been the mark. Somebody say amen. amen. Now the Pharisees, when Jesus came along, they were never bringing forth the true spirit of the law. And this is what made Jesus angry. Okay. It wasn't that, I mean, there was probably a lot of things that really perturbed him about them, but that was the main thing. They took away the whole spirit of the law. They made it a burden. Okay, and they made sure it was a burden. It was hard. It was strenuous. Okay, they prided themselves in that. And this is what really got Jesus so upset when they perverted the spirit, right? And they turned the love of God into bondage. Okay, and they lorded it over their heads, right? That's why Jesus was upset with them. So, two things to be aware of right now. Okay, remember these two things. Number, number one, the fact that you are are ignorant of things, and I don't mean ignorant like a, a derogatory term. We're all ignorant of things till we learn them, right? I mean, and now ignorant can be fixed, stupid, you know, ignorant and stupid, you know, I don't know. What's that old saying, you know, ignorance you can fix, stupidity you really can't, you know? Um, once you learn something, you're no longer ignorant, right? So we had to understand that we're ignorant of things and we're ever learning, okay? But we're being honest about what he's showing us, okay? That's the, you got to remember this, okay? you got to be honest about what he's showing you in your life, okay? Because you could be, you, you got to be careful. And we talked early on, time to get off the milk, okay? It's time to get some deep, time to get some meat in your life, okay? And it's true that, um, that 
that the Lord, that there comes a, a forgiveness of sin without confessing the sin because you're ignorant, right? Okay, 1 John 1, 7. Is it 1, 7? It says, um, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one for another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. Okay? So we're walking in light that, you know, when you first get saved, you don't know everything. You know, you could be saved for 30 years. You still don't know everything. You're ever learning, ever changing. So your mark is changing, right? Okay? Your path's getting a little more narrow. God brings you along. He shows you things. When, when your child is little, you know, the rules are kind of laxy because, but you, but as they get older, you know, you kind of bring them in line, right? They're supposed to remember what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And when they're, you know, as they grow up, the, the path gets narrower. Somebody say amen. So we got to understand that uh, we're ignorant of these things. We're ever learning, but we're being honest about what he is showing us. Okay. And we're making changes accordingly, right? We're willing to obey. We're willing to change. Okay. Now, and on the other side of that coin, we're not judging others by our standards, okay? Not judging folks according to our understanding because when we choose to judge others by the law, then we are what? We're judged by the law. Jesus said that, right? Judge not, lest you be judged, but what judgment you judge and what meat you meet, you'll be judged, right? So what, what's he saying, you know? And we, we could say we can do the, the whole thing where uh, you know, you're driving along the road on the interstate and you were driving, uh, you pass into another state and, uh, and the, the speed limit changes, okay? And all of a sudden, it's against the law to go six, 70 mile an hour, okay? But you, you're driving 70 mile an hour because you just, the state you just came from, it was fine. Cop pulls you over. Now, if he's a law policeman, by the book, he's saying, you were going 10 miles over the speed limit. I'm giving you a ticket. You got to pay the fine, okay? If he's a grace policeman, when he says, when you say, oh, I'm from Ohio, I didn't realize the speed limit changed, you know, I'm really sorry. And he's a grace policeman, say, all right, well, you know, you know now, right? So we're aware, you know, now. Now, if down the road, if we get pulled over again, you see what I'm saying? So at that point that you're ignorant, you can be ignorant, you know, you have grace, the Lord covers you, okay? However, when you know, it's a different story, right? I lost a page of my notes. Somebody say, oh. Oh, where'd it go? I think I remember everything that was on there. We'll, we'll try it. I just want to show you, uh, turn to Numbers, I think it's Numbers 15. Fifteen, twenty-seven through 30. I want to show you in the Old Testament, it was the same way. Okay. Grace through faith. And the, the way you were saved, the same way. It says, uh, verse 27, it says, And if any soul sin through ignorance, somebody say ignorance. 
Then he shall bring a she-goat of the first year for sin offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sinneth ignorantly. How, how many is glad that you're not judged by your head or by what you know? Amen. Somebody say amen. I'm glad. Uh, so they're going to lay, and when he sinneth by ignorance before the Lord to make atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. Okay. You shall have one law for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him and the and the, is born of the children of Israel and the stranger that sojourneth. But the soul that doeth aught presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproach of the Lord, that soul shall be cut off from among the people. Okay, so what are we saying here? So we understand that sinning ignorantly is one thing, but when we sin knowingly, it's presumptuous. What's presumptuous mean? It means, I think this was on my other notes, it means that you're buying into the lie. Remember uh, Genesis 3, 4? What's, what was the first lie ever told? Thou shalt not surely die. It's okay for you to do this. You're buying into that lie. You're, pres you're presuming that God's going to just turn his head and let you do this. You're presumpting to know God's heart and his mind toward this sinful thing that you're about to do. You're presumpting to know what's best for your, for your own life. You're taking control. Different attitude there, isn't it? Say your kids did something they knew they weren't supposed to do. Your attitude toward them, or they're, you know, one of them's ignorant, one of them's not, you know, you Sometimes the older ones get the little ones in trouble. <clears throat> we had some of that growing up. But sometimes the punishment for them would be a little worse because they knew better. Okay? But we played that up too, so. But understand that, that there's a difference there. Now, being aware of these two things right here, being aware that your mark is ever-changing as you learn, and being truthful, being honest with yourself, being honest with God, to change your life, to change how you do things, to change your ways of thinking, to change your habits, to change according to what you're learning, okay? If you're doing that, you're walking in the light, right? You're walking in all the lights that you have, no matter where you are, no matter what anybody else is doing. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Number That's number one. Number two, you're not judging the guy behind you by your standards. You're praying for him. If he asks your advice, you're going to give him your advice. Well, as long as it's good advice, you know, you're going to pray for them. You're going to try to help them along. That's the lifeblood of a church right there, doing those two things, taking responsibility for yourself to grow, to learn, and to walk in it, and then not judge the other guy. That's the, that's the life's blood of our assembly, of what we're trying to do in this place. Somebody say amen. Now, Psalms 19. Let's turn to Psalms 19. I'm really trying to get through this. I know I've been at it for a little while. And I'm, I'm making progress. I really am. I've already skipped some, so. I give a lot of information, don't I? Psalm, Psalm 19. Somebody say amen if you have it. I'm sitting here talking and drinking water, and I don't even have it. 19. 12 through 14, it says, Who can understand his errors? You have errors. You ever done something? You're like, man, why did I do that? 
man, what was I thinking? You know, play baseball, you know. Nobody wants to make an error, you know. You know what errors are, playing, you're playing the field and the ball's hit to you and you misplay it and you don't get the out, you know. You let your team down, kind of. You know, it's a team game. You kind of let the team down. I was always a pretty good fielder, but there were guys that weren't good fielders, you know. But what were the reasons for errors? I mean, there's bad hops that happen to everybody, you know. Things happen to us, right? Distractions, man. We get tired, you know. We get frustrated. We got things that are going on, and something happens, and we make an error, okay? Errors are errors. Who can understand them? The Lord just said that. Who? You can't even understand your own errors. Now, if you're in the field and you're waiting for the next pitch and you're looking at your girlfriend in the stands, right, then your teammates might be a little less apt to be forgiving to you, right? You're not paying attention. The ball's hit at you. You're letting the team down. Somebody say amen. You, under, you understand the difference there. Some things you can help, some things you can't. Somebody say amen. All right, let's read on. It says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me thou from secret faults. What? So I have faults that are secret. I don't even know about them. I have things wrong with me that I don't even know. I don't know about. That's what it's saying. There's things wrong with you you haven't even got to yet. Okay? But he's cleansing you from these things. Somebody say amen. Ask the mercy of the Lord right there. Man. Hallelujah. Says, keep me back, keep me, keep back thy servant also from what? Presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Paul said, he said, the sin's going to remain. It's just not going to reign. Okay, it does it can remain. You got to have, you're going to have sin. You're going to have trouble, struggles your whole life. It doesn't have to dominate you. It doesn't have to have dominion over you. Somebody say amen. You can live above these things. Somebody say amen. It says, let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. And I want you to notice this. And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Okay, so what do we see here? We see errors. Okay, we talked about errors. Okay, we see secret faults. Things going on we don't even know about. Okay, there's, things you, there's reasons why you do the things you do and you react the way you react because of things that you don't even understand. And all you can do is take it before the Lord. And you could say... Lord I, apologize. Lord, I repent for what I did. I don't know why I did it. Lord, search me, find it, help me, heal me in that spot. There's wounds that we have that we don't even realize, that really realize that we have. And when something comes in contact with that, you ever, you ever hit something on the table or something, you get a bruise, you know, you don't really notice it until something hits it. And then you're reminded, oh, I got that injury right there. See, there's things that are wrong with us sometimes that we don't even know. We, we, we can't even put our fingers on, but we understand but things, some, certain things make us uncomfortable or things certain things make us react certain ways we don't even understand it okay but we can take it to the lord and he can cleanse us from these things somebody say amen and then there's the presumptuous sins we've talked about that sins that we know good and well that we shouldn't be doing it okay and i'm not saying i've never done that because i have everybody has sinned i don't we've all done it all of us okay but he's saying cleanse me you keep me from from presumptuous sins. Keep me from doing those things. Keep me. He says, uh, uh, sometimes things exert control over you sometimes, and you don't even know why. You know, where did that come from? You ever say that? Something happened, and you just totally react. Where did that even come from? It didn't even feel like me right there. 
okay? There's things going on that you don't know. So, uh, Paul said, when I do good, evil's present, right? He said, uh, how, how, what, how, do I, how can I escape the body of this death, okay? Um, he said, what I want to do, I can't do. What I don't want to do, I do. There's traumas, okay, that's happened to you that you don't even realize how it's affected you, okay? There's, there's wound, wounds to your soul. You know, David said, they break my soul into pieces, Okay, and he also said in, in Psalm 20, he said, he restoreth my soul. So you can be healed, right? But there's also open doors that you have that you need to close. Things that you're allowing to hang around your life. And then when, when you're weak, they're going to get you. Okay, there's bugs that are in your body, like on your skin and whatever that are normally there. But they don't affect you while your immune system's fine. When you get down and get something else, get sick, and your immune system gets knocked down, those things take advantage and can kill you. Stuff that's there all the time. So we got to understand. We understand that there's open doors that we need to shut. Okay, there's things that we need to close off in our life. We need to get out of them. Then there's the great, great transgression. You know, this is when, this is this is the bad one. This is when. You allow sin to compromise your walk with the Lord in such a way that it comes with damage to you, to your family, to your reputation. It's going to leave scars. Uh, it's going to separate you from God forever if it's not confronted. Okay? It could lead to permanent separation, separation from God, reprobation. It could, he could turn you over just to, and, and wash his hands of you. Okay? But you've truly bought into that, you won't surely die. Okay? I think that's a good spot for us to stop. I've got a lot more, but stay with me if you will. Understanding is a good thing, folks. Knowledge is a good thing, right? We need to really start to get a hold of some things. We're really starting to let changes happen in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what the things that you do in our lives and the things that you're able to accomplish through your word. And God, I pray, Lord, going forward, Lord, that we take a hold of these things, Lord. We continue to learn of you. We continue to, to get to a place, Lord, where we're useful for your kingdom. And God, let us understand our secret sin. Let us understand our need for you, Lord, in those secret places. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to get rid of the condemnation, Lord, that hampers us. Lord. Let us know, Lord, that we're forgiven. Let us know, Lord, that we're useful, that healing and restoration is possible. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.